It's finally here. Bigger, faster, stronger. It's time to put on the pads. Faster, quicker, more agile. And make some noise. Just leveled. Wow. Your defending AFC South champion, Houston Texans, are back for training camp. 15-yard touchdown run for Deshaun Watson. Welcome to Texans Training Camp Live. Your sideline pass to everything that's going on with your Houston Texans. Texans Training Camp Live is presented by Academy Sports and Outdoors. And by Geico and Papa John's Houston. Now, let's go down to the Houston Methodist Training Center. Here are your hosts, Mark Vandermeer and John Harris. Hey, to a land. The men. The men who have frozen on the tundra at Lambeau Field. We'll not be doing that today because it's summer. Good morning. We brought the Houston Methodist Training Center with us to Green Bay, Wisconsin. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you as there's a joint practice today here at the Don Hudson Center, which is right across the street from Lambeau Field. And it'll be great. This is a gorgeous facility, a gorgeous day in Green Bay. It's 70 degrees. But if you look at my tweet, Johnny, yeah, I know. And, and you brought this to my attention, I yeah. and, and I wanted to get it to the Houston public as quickly as possible, that fans, Packer fans are waiting to get into practice, and they're fanning themselves yeah. <laughs> because it's kind of warm here at 70 degrees and no humidity. That's true. That's a fact, Jack. That, that's something they're not, they're not, yeah, I mean, they're, they're used to, I guess, a little. This is pretty decent temperature for them at this time of year, but I can only imagine what that must have been like the other day at the Houston Methodist Training Center when fans are waiting outside ours. Yeah. Because yeah, at that point, the fans aren't even going to do any good. They're not going to do any good. Just at least like, they got a little bit of breeze. Like, these people are tough in the winter. Our oh, people yeah, are yeah, tough yeah. in the summer. Yeah. That's, that's what it is. That's when the toughness, that's when right. the toughness kicks in. And speaking of toughness, this is where here every, everything you can tell how much in Green Bay is around Packers. This is Ray Nitschke Field that we're looking at. Yeah. The Don Hudson Center is the indoor facility. Right. The Clark Hinkle Field is on the other side. Yeah. You've got Lombardi Way. You've got Holmgren Way. Yeah. You've got Donald Driver Way, which is where we were last night when we went to go eat at Titletown. That was Donald Driver Way? Yeah, that was Donald Driver Way that was, like, in and around. Dang. Donald Driver's a big deal up here, by the way. Uh, Houstonian Donald yeah, Driver. Yeah, that's big awesome. Deal. I've Very talked to him cool. several times. I know you have, too. And, look, it's, it's Green Bay, it's Titletown, it's amazing, and it's great that the Texans are here for Thursday night's game, by the way. It's a 7 o'clock kick. It's live on this station, ABC 13. You can stream it on the app. It's going to be great to see the Texans finally kick it off in the preseason. And right before us here, we have a, a – I'll just paint the picture here. This is a gorgeous field. It's, what, two 70-yard fields, yeah. it looks like, something like that, uh, that are end-to-end. Uh, and the grass looks so good, I thought it was fake when I came up. I oh, thought, it's gorgeous. Oh, fake gra- No, it's, it's real. It's gorgeous grass. It, it's perfect. Perfect conditions here for this joint practice session with the Packers. Two of them. Today and tomorrow we'll be live with you. And the Sports Radio 610 Afternoon Program will be broadcasting from the atrium at Lambeau Field today, 2 to 6. We'll be out at 6 o'clock. So it, it's on, man. It's this week. It's happening. It's going to be great to see the Texans in action. Now, the big story yesterday was Deontay Foreman getting released by the team, which was really a huge development considering all the high hopes we had for Deontay Foreman. 
a lot of potential. Johnny, I equate it to, I hate to talk about players in this fashion like stock or assets. You know, Daryl Morey always said, I don't want to refer to them as assets, but a lot of people do. Yeah. But the stock on Foreman, you felt like you were getting the stock at a good price and, and the potential was there. The ceiling was very high. Mm-hmm. But clearly things did not go according to plan with everything they wanted him to do or wanted him to work with them yeah. through this uh, training camp session, the preseason, and they felt like, look, look let's just cut it now. Let's cut our losses yeah. now, whatever term you want to use, move on, try to find a number two back. Here's a, a couple of things I found interesting. I saw two tweets. One was from Deont- uh, Deontay's dad, Derek, saying, look, no hard feelings. We yep. have the business in the NFL. I mean, it was very, it was very classy, which – you know, Derek has been very classy. I mean, he's been awesome. I mean, he does a podcast and has done a podcast with Landry. They've talked about that a lot. And then I saw Kennard McGuire uh, tweet about that mm-hmm. same very – I mean, almost the same – almost verbatim the same thing. Hey, we really appreciate the Texans giving him a chance. We also appreciate the Texans doing it now to give him an opportunity to get with a team. And I think that's important is yep. to give him the opportunity to get with another team. He's going to go through the waivers process. Now, I – that – that uh, – that transaction was it, it was it was shocking in one yeah. way, but on the other hand, it wasn't. And I, that's the part that uh, you know, I feel I feel for Deontay. Yeah. But I feel like there are some players, and I, maybe this is more more players than I think. But I feel like for some players, it's good to get away from your hometown to learn to grow up. And I don't mean that he wasn't grown up, that he wasn't mature, but I feel like you have to get away from your hometown to be able to grow the way you need to and listen i I, if he doesn't get hurt going into the last year does this happen i mean who knows there's a lot of questions but i feel like at the crux of this is deontay's got to take he's got to take a step up in being a professional yeah and i think maybe being away from houston and getting away from you know family and friends in Texas City, not that they were leeches on him or anything like that, but I think once you get away, I always felt that way with Vince. When all that talk was about Vince Young staying in Houston, I was like, look, it's probably best for Vince to get away from Houston, to get away because him being in the spotlight in Houston at home, the homeboy is back. Like, It just would have been so much pressure on him. I don't know how you handle that. And I think that Deontay probably internalized some of that pressure of being close. He was around all his, his friends. I mean, his twin brother was at practice there. It was funny because I saw his twin brother standing to get in. I was like, why is Deontay not dressed out? And yeah. I was like, oh, that's Armante, you know. So I think it's going to be good for him to get away from Houston and go grow up and be an adult somewhere outside the state of Texas. Or maybe stays in the state of Texas, but just get away from home a little bit so that you're forced to grow up and become – you know, the man that you could be and the football player you can be. This was not about ability. This was not about performance. I mean, you know, maybe to a slight degree, but really we all wanted to see what he was going to do on the field uh, once the games got going. But this is about other stuff. You said being a professional, uh, working well within the organization, didn't happen, they move on. All right, so number two running back. Now we broke down the running back position, I don't know when, last week at some point. But for the Texans right now, and John McClain, who will join us at 8.30, by the way, he'll be here. He is in Green Bay, like a lot of folks, taking in these joint practices. So we'll, he, we'll hear what he has to say. He tweeted out, they're not going after Melvin Gordon, <laughs> so don't even tweet me about that. I'm paraphrasing here. It didn't yeah. exactly say that. But they're looking for a number two back. Now, is he on the roster? Is he somewhere else? Let's see. I think they have a lot of interesting options here. Yeah. 
Uh, but you and I always talk about this. Pass protection is premium for these guys. I think one thing that's interesting, though, whoever was going to win the number three spot was going to have to play special teams, yes. have to really show out on yes. special teams, bring something extra to the table at, in special teams. Now, that could change a little bit. Let's say one of these guys just really tears it up in these preseason games, yeah. but he's not the greatest special teams player necessarily. And, again, I don't know how you measure all that. But let's say that's the case. Maybe you think about, well, we're going to keep him. You know, if Crockett yeah. goes nuts or Higdon or any one of these guys. So I, I think with Ferguson and Taiwan Jones, you already know that, look, these guys have been around a little bit, around some NFL camps. Jones is an excellent special teams player. That's how yeah. he survived in this league. I don't think he's the number two ball carrier. But you never know how these things turn out. Well, the last few practices he has been. Now, they've been doing they've been doing a little bit more. I shouldn't say a little bit more. They've been doing a lot of two-minute stuff, a lot of up-tempo stuff. That's the way the practices go. They're not running a play going back to hell, running play going back to hell. They're not doing that. They've so they've been in a lot of eleven personnel, which is one back, one tight end, uh, and and they went from Lamar to Taiwan Jones the last couple of practices. Now that doesn't mean that Taiwan's going to be the number two back, but of the backs you have left, and you I think you mentioned them all, Mark. You got Taiwan Taiwan Jones. You've got. Uh, Karan Higdon, undrafted uh, rookie. You got Demario Crockett, undrafted rookie. You got Josh Ferguson, who's been around a little bit. All, four, all four of those guys have well, the rookies we don't know, but I would imagine, hey, you're going to make this roster if you run out on special teams. They'll do it, right? And both of them can run, so I would imagine they'll both fly down on special teams at a minimum. So those four guys are all going to go down on special teams, no matter what. Now, if one of them develops as the the true number two. Then, nah, but look, Alfred Blue was on all four special teams and was the number two running back. So, from that perspective, well, I, yeah, I, all four of them are going to run out of special teams. So, the question becomes, hmm. do, you, do you look at, well, two things. Number one, the Melvin Gordon thing. And I, 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 the, here's the thing with Melvin Gordon. First of all, you have to trade for him. Second of all, you then have to pay him. Yeah. So, so, it's going to hurt. Right, it's going to hurt. And if I'm going to hurt, right. I'd much rather have an offensive lineman or a corner. I'd re- that, that's where my that's where my value needs to if be. If you're going to give up picks, right? If I'm going to give up picks and then have to pay, yeah. I'm going to put my I'm going to put my uh, my chips on the table for one of those other positions. So for Trent Williams, yeah, I would think about it. I would think about it. But for a guy to come in to not even not even be guaranteed be my number one running back, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to do that. So the second one becomes, do you look elsewhere? And look, there. Running backs are not a dime a dozen. I don't want that to be the. They're not a dime a dozen, but you can find running backs in a lot of different places and places you didn't even know were places. You could just be looking and watching preseason games and go, you know what? I like that guy, and he's not going to make that cut. I think he can do something with us. Last year, when I got Buddy Howell, right? You know, Buddy's not a guy we talked about, but I've seen Buddy taking some reps at fullback. So you've got you've got some options in house i have said all along after the draft and they didn't draft the running back and they signed Karan higdon and demaria crockett and i was like i got a feeling that one of these two if not both are going to make an impact somehow some way i like i like both of them crockett's got some size higdon has got power for a, a smaller a shorter guy it's not small yeah. shorter so if they go with one of those two i'd be i'd be okay my only question becomes, how are you going to pass protect on third down? Or is your number three definitively your third down I've guy? I've got the solution. Cullen Gillespie. Well, I, that's something that you and I talked about. I mean, I don't know that's, if that's the solution. I'm kind of being 
Yeah, I'm joking no, but around Mark, a little bit, but not entirely. I think that, you know, you and I have mentioned that as a possibility as a third down back when, okay, he's probably in there to pick up blitzers and things like that, but you can leak him out and he can make a play. For yes, you. he can, absolutely. And if you want to run a draw with him, you know, I was watching the AM Clemson game from last year, uh, Sunday, uh, before practice, mm-hmm. uh, and I was just in my office, I was just watching a little bit, and I just that was the game that popped up, and I was like, okay, I'm going to watch this for a little bit. Second play of the game, they gave Colin Glaspia uh, outside zone run out of shotgun. Like, he's got a guy leading yeah. for him. Listen, I don't know that you want to have Colin Glaspia as your number two running back, and that's not what we're saying. But No, but a guy to, a guy to be in that stable yeah. somewhere. So if you go, if you get on, you third down. Uh-huh. You got your three wide receivers on the field and what, Aikens? Let's say you got Aikens for right now. So let's say that that's what you go with. You go with Hop, Fuller, QT, and Aikens, and your running back is Glaspia. And Glaspia helps in pass protection. He picks up a linebacker. He's going to do uh, as good as, well, if he knows who to pick up, he's going to be fine blocking him. That's the key. Does he know who to pick up? He's going to be okay blocking if he, if him. He's he not, that's not my worry. It's the matter of does he know who to block. He's going to have to get that fast. And once he, he gets that down, then you got an option with him for his, sure. His job description is going to be special teams. But if he can develop these other skills, obviously that's going to be huge for him to stay on this roster. I, you know, I think he's got a great shot anyway, but it's going to be all about fourth down, as we say. By the way, the Vandermeer pronunciation guide, the proper pronunciation is Gillespie, even though it's an A. So it's not Glaspia. Gilly. Gilly. That's the proper That's what he's known for. Just call him Gilly. It's Gilly. That's what it is. Gilly alongside Watson. I mean, come on. That's what it's going to be. Gilly in the backfield. Yes. Well, I already got, all right, the video that we released on Saturday with BMAC and Whitney, you know, went nuts because those two oh, are great ridiculous. together. You got to see it. It's the um, one-on-one presented by Xfinity. It's so good. It's Lambo Mac is interview, but she let BMAC hijack it. It's um, Lambo Mac. Lambo Mac. Let's and it's it not right. Lambo like Lambo Field. It's no. Lambo like Lamborghini. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It was so, a tremendous interview, and he was. It, that was a practice where that was a survival practice, and we had plenty of those. Like at the end, where they're all about survival. But they look pretty fresh. Well, Bernardrick went over to DP and was like, "Hey, just just give me a second. Oh, he okay. took like a minute, and then it was like turning the camera on. You would have never known he had no, practice. Like they, had, they had a double espresso, and they did the interview. <laughs> he was, it was totally, awesome. he's totally fine after that. All right, next up, we've been talking running backs. What about Lamar Miller? Let's get to know him better. Your starter, okay? Drew Doherty does a dirty dozen questions with Lamar. Let's get to know him even more. John McClain joins us at 8.30. Let's talk about this running back situation a little bit more and what he expects out of these joint practices with the Green Bay Packers here in the shadows of Lambo Field. It's Texans Training Camp Live. If you love podcasts and you love the Texans, you'll love our Texans podcasts. Now available on iTunes and HoustonTexans.com. This is Deshaun Watson. The bomb from Deshaun Watson. And you're listening to Texans Radio. My goodness. We're going to see him Thursday, but for how long? Not long. Is it time to start those conversations? I don't even th- – I mean, with two practices against the Packers, I, I wouldn't even do it. I wouldn't even play him. I, I probably wouldn't either. Wouldn't. It's not like last year where he just needed to sort of re-baptize him to NFL action. He played I, yeah. in that first game against yeah. the Chief and I, Chiefs, and I think he threw four passes. And we're at the Don Hudson Center, Lambeau Field, Texans, Packers, practicing this morning. Not underway yet, but we'll let you know. And it's just a gorgeous day for Texans practice 
in Green Bay with the game Thursday night. So, yeah, a little bit of action last year. I'm kind of with you, Johnny. If you feel good about what he got in these yeah. next two days, yeah. why go at all? And i got to say, from a preseason context, and you know how I always say this, I'm in the oppressed minority of people who absolutely love preseason games. Yes. Now, I think there's nothing most wrong with people, that. ratings will prove this. Most people, they're watching, okay? Mm-hmm. They're watching. So you might say, ah, it's not cool to like preseason, but here's what's cool about it. I want to see A.J. McCarron. I don't want to see him in the regular season. I want to see A.J. McCarron yeah. play, though. I, and we're going to get him for at least a couple of quarters. At I, least. You know what I would do? I would play A.J. McCarron first half, Joe Webb second half. That's what I would do. Ooh, Joe gets a whole half. Yeah, why not? Joe's gonna, Jolton Listen, Joe's going to like that. The, the reason you played Deshaun last year, I think, was he was coming off the ACL. He had to have some confidence. He had to, the, the game speed had to ramp up for him. Yeah. So you had to kind of ramp that up a little bit for him. And so they did that one series yep. uh, against Kansas City. And I think he had one series the next week. And I think the Rams, he had a couple series. I think that's what you do. Listen, I, I don't think – Hop shouldn't play any of the preseason. Maybe, nope. maybe week three. Maybe week three. Nope. JJ is going to play Thursday. Maybe two plays. Yeah, you got to get him in. You, you just got to get him on the tundra. He, uh, there, I mean, you're going to have – you're going to have – there's no way that he could not play. I mean, the, he will go ballistic over there. He'll be in OB's ear like the whole time. Like, I want to play. I want to play. By the way, play. we now interrupt regularly scheduled programming to remind or tell the audience for the first time that you ruined it for me, Frozen what? Tundra, because you pointed out oh, that yeah. that's redundant. redundant. Tundra it's literally like, means frozen ground, and right. so you're saying frozen, frozen. It's like saying ATM machine or the SEC conference. Oh, that's right. Yeah, or NFL football. National Football League football. As opposed well, to National okay, Football though. League soccer. But that's okay, though. What? How is National that okay? National Football League. Well, okay. NFL football. It's As national. opposed to college football. But the but frozen you would say tundra. Professional football. So you're saying it's frozen, frozen. It's like twice baked. It's twice frozen. We'll which say could, professional football. Which could happen, by the way. But you separate NFL, CFL, a, Arena League. By yeah. saying NFL football, see, those are all NFL. professional footballs. Just say it's the NFL. You're right. Yeah, right. Eh, college football, NFL. All right, now back to our regularly scheduled programming. So, yeah, I think, boy, if, if you're right about that, Webb playing a whole half of well, football, that's good for Joe Remember Webb. last year he played a significant amount in that game against Kansas City. Yeah, I, I know this is hardly marquee news here, but for Webb himself, I, there's always pressure every year, mm-hmm. wherever he is, yeah. that he's going to get cut because – he has to be able to do it on special teams. Yes. Has to. And he's got to be so good that – and he's got to be good enough at third-string quarterback. If he's not good enough at third-string quarterback or whatever, wherever you put him on the depth chart, the special teams, I don't want to say almost don't matter, but you're going to have to be unbelievable at special teams. You're yeah. going to have to be just a shining star because if they feel like they can't use you at quarterback. i got a quick question for you, though, and I want to ask Bill O'Brien this. Why don't more quarterbacks who are that athletic, and there are some, go that route? You know what I mean? Some don't want to. Some just don't want to do it. That's job security. I, I like 10 years. I, listen, I know, but some guys are like, all I've ever played is quarterback. That's all I want to do is play quarterback. And if I'm going to play in the NFL, I'm going to play, play as a quarterback. Some, some guys just don't want to do it. I mean, honestly, it's as simple as that. Some guys just really? don't want to do it. But – it's better Take, making that kind of money. And, again, we're I, not talking like I NBA know. max contract money. We're talking – but it's better than probably what you're going to get doing anything else in the short term. I mean, it's it, it's it's akin to, okay, you came to me and said, all right, John, you can stay with Texans Radio, but you have to drive every show as opposed to playing off the ball, like I like to do. When you and I are together, right. I'd have to do that. Like, 
all right, I, I like being in this role, but hey, if this is where I this is where I'm going to make my money, I, I'm going to keep my job. But right. there are guys that don't do that. I think more players. Here's the other. Here's the other part of it too. Those players have to see and visualize what it's going to look like. So the more Taysom Hills you have, the right. more Joe Webbs you have, the better off you're going to have a quarterback saying, "Hey, I can do that." Yeah. Like Nick Fitzgerald from Mississippi State was a great example last year. I thought he would have been a perfect like Taysom Hill type player. Like somebody can draft him and use him like the Saints use Taysom Hill. He doesn't play every play, but he's vital. Yeah. He's vital because they use him with Drew Brees on the field. Like they're right. on the field together. And there'll be times when Taysom Hill is taking a shotgun snap and Drew Brees is out wide, acting like he's Michael Thomas. So there's a lot you can do with a player like that. That's why I'm glad we have Joe Webb. I'm thrilled that we have a player like Joe Webb that we can do things. And he's active on game day. Right. Because he's part of the 46 because he's so good on special teams. So I think you're right. I think more quarterbacks will decide to do that once they see that it's been successful. Because if 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 you have an idea but no NFL team is doing it, then like NFL teams are going, well, I don't, I don't want to do it. But now that Taysom Hill's doing it, you walk in and you say, you know what, I want to be that kind of player for you. And they'll be like, okay, we can do that. As promised now, Lamar Miller, your starting running back. Running back's a hot topic in the last 24, 36 hours. Let's hear from Drew and Lamar. We've got running back Lamar Miller with us. And, Lamar, it's time to play 12 questions, a dirty dozen. Let's start things off with, you've dieted before. So what's the worst part of a diet, worst food you had to eat? The worst food? It's, I forgot what it's called. It's called, uh, I think it's called with a cue. It's like Kukuta? I'm not sure. Quinoa. That's that's what it is. Yeah, it looks like quinoa. Yeah, yeah. My first time trying it, I really didn't like it, but it grew on me over time. Tastes a little bit like sawdust? Yeah. <laughs> okay, on the flip side of things, you get to cheat every once in a while on a diet. What would you cheat with, or how would you cheat? I get burgers and fries. I love Five Guys. I like Shake Shack as well. That's my cheat meal. I normally go there, get a cheeseburger and some fries. Cheeseburger and fries. Okay, on the cheeseburger, what are the other toppings? What else do you put on? I'm a simple guy, so I just get ketchup, mayo, mustard, and lettuce. That's not too simple, though. There's people. I got five year olds, so they just have like straight patty and bun, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not that simple. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hey, your running back. Favorite all time running back is? I say Barry Sanders. Because? He, he made guys miss. You know, once he once he got the ball, he was a, a very exciting uh, player to watch. So, you know, growing up, I used to always watch him. Favorite part of training camp is? Uh, just building the chemistry with your teammates, the bond. You know, you're here all day for the most part, so you might as well just try to get to know your teammates and just see where they're from and, you know, how they were raised, things like that. On a hot day like today, best way to cool off after training camp practice is? Oh, man, just getting in the A.C. I don't know if you see me, but I'll be over there behind that fan when I'm not on the field just to cool down a little bit. Yeah, the CRZ, uh, that, that big, it's kind of like a trailer, and it's, 35 degrees. First time you went in there, what was it like? Oh, man, I was in there for like 20 seconds because normally if I'm in there, like if I'm somewhere cold and have to come back somewhere hot, I normally crimp up. So I just went in there to cool off for like a couple seconds and then got up out of there. Well, you're a Miami guy, so you're kind of used to all this, right? Yes, I'm used to it. I train in the offseason in the sun, so it's not too bad, but it's nothing like once you put the pads and stuff on, I feel like it's getting even hotter. Miami heat and humidity versus Houston heat and humidity. What's the difference? To be honest, I think sometimes in Miami you get like a cool breeze. So every now and then it get hot in Miami, but I feel like here you really don't get that breeze. So I'll say 
the Houston Heat is, is worse. All right. Best dresser on the team is? Myself. How come? I have a little soft swag coming to the game. I try to keep it simple every now and then, but I'm not too much of a flashy guy. I feel like I'll be simple and clean. Nice confidence. I like that. Best hair on the team belongs to? I, I like Will, how he got the little tip blonde. I like the combination. Will Fuller has the, yeah, the, the dreads with the little blonde. Yeah. He's gotten named by quite a few of your teammates that have done this interview, so he's doing pretty well yeah, in that regard. Doing, I'm glad he's keeping his hair up, so <laughs> that, that's a good thing. Who's the messiest Houston Texan? The messiest. I don't want to prejudice your answers, but Bernardrick McKinney has been named the messiest by quite a few of your teammates. Yeah, you could be mad as one of them. I'm trying to think of somebody else, but I think b he's one of the top ones for sure. Give me a couple songs to help you get ready for a game, for a practice, get you pumped up. I normally listen to Freestyle by Little Baby, and I also listen to this Miami song. It's a Closer to My Dream. It's by Iceberg. Just growing up, I used to always listen to that song, so uh, it get me going. It brings back memory of where I come from, so it keep me going. Which Houston Texans player is the toughest to block. J.J. Watt. Him and Clowney, sometimes when I try to chip them, they got long arms, so they put their, hand, their arms on me, and I can't really get that close to them, and they strong. So Whitney as well, he used his hands pretty well. I say J.J. and Clowney, they both, they both tough to block. You're thankful you only have to deal with them in camp and during the week and not on Sundays. Yeah, so that's, that's the best part of it. I'm glad to have them two guys on my team. Lamar Miller, thank you for doing the Dirty Dozen. All right, thank you. That's Drew catching up with Lamar back in Houston after Saturday's practice. We're in Green Bay. The general John McClain for the Houston Chronicle is next. What he has to say about the running back situation and maybe a hot sports radio topic that's been going around the last few weeks. We'll get into that next. Texans Training Camp Live. More from Training Camp is on the way on Texans Training Camp Live. It's back to football and you're back on the sideline at Training Camp with Texans Radio. You are at Green Bay. We are live. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you. Joined now by the General John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. And General, good morning. Welcome back good to morning. Lambeau. It's great to be at Lambeau Field. My first time here was 90, 1980, 40 years ago. John, we're on the level of all the stadiums that you've been through, all the places that you go. Where does this one rank for you to go visit? Number one, because it's the Cathedral of Football. And... Uh, fans like I was walking up here and maybe this happened to you I was walking down the street from the media lot on the other side of the Don Hudson Center across in the parking lot for Lambeau and the fans were lined up and I had my Texans media pass and a bunch of them kept saying welcome to Green Bay welcome to Green Bay the fans are the most knowledgeable they are the they are the greatest and they are just the friendliest ever I tell everybody if you're going to do two things as a football fan, NFL fan, go to Lambeau Field, preferably in the winter, not at times like this because the weather's too nice. And you don't get the full effect. <laughs> it's too nice. But like when we were here for the Texans and Packers in, what was 16? Yeah. And it was it was December, and it snowed, and it was uh-huh. not a bad wind. It just snow came down like a winter wonderland. That's the way it's supposed to be. And then I'd tell them, go to Canton and uh, – to Canton to the Hall of Fame. Those are the two greatest things in pro football to me. I'm excited to see the Packer Hall of Fame later, which yeah. will be awesome. We'll be broadcasting from in it or near it, so that'll be cool. It's just such a terrific place. And you mentioned Canton, and I know all the ceremonies took place over the weekend. 
But here you have a live NFL team playing uh, to go along with all the history, and it's 100 years old, and it's just terrific. John, running back situation. I know you were on. In fact, you heard it in the promo. John McClain was on Sports Radio 610 yesterday giving his thoughts on the situation. But let's go over it as it was a bit of a surprise. Deontay Foreman released by the team. We all had a lot of hopes that he would be able to contribute. And I think the ceiling, we all agree, was was pretty high for him here. But obviously that's not going to happen. Your thoughts? When I found that out, I wasn't that surprised because I'd been hearing from people that he came back in really good shape, but he wasn't getting with the program on special teams. And Deontay was always last or next to last guy on the field. He's been late a lot in when they were hoping he'd come back after the injury, his third year, kind of make or break and and grow up, get serious about football. And every time, going back to when I asked O'Brien, I think it was nine days ago, about talk about the running backs behind the first two, and he said, who are the first two? And I told him, he goes, Miller. The backup yeah. job is wide open. And every time he's talked about the backup running back since, it's all about special teams. They have to contribute on special teams. And he did not mention Foreman one time. And we all know Deontay didn't like playing special teams and wasn't good at it. And um, so it wasn't any one particular reason is they just saw more of the same. And they did him a favor, really. And it gives yep. them more time. But coming up, because he's got time to go try out for another other teams and hopefully it's a wake-up call for Deontay he's a good guy he's not a bad guy everybody likes him he it's his third year in the league he's just got to be serious you can't miss rehab when you're rehabbing you can't be late to meetings and get fined and so hopefully when he goes with another team that'll all be behind him and he'll go in all gung-ho off the field as well as on the field and now they have all these backup running backs who are going to get a lot of time in the next two practices and in the game Thursday night because I'm doubting Lamar Miller is going to play. And they know what Lamar can do. They don't need to see him. Yeah, absolutely. They're going to use him a ton during the year. So that begs the question that Mark asked me, John, a little while ago. Is the number two number two running back? I mean, Lamar's clearly the number one. So, yes, is the number two running back on this roster or are they going to go out and find one. I know you tweeted out about Melvin Gordon at that. Just don't worry about Absolutely it. Don't even think about no it. Way. Don't come at me with this. Hashtag not coming. Is the number two running back on this roster? Does that be Melvin Gordon? It could be somebody else. But might they bring somebody in to be the number two guy? Yeah. If you think about the guys on this team, who was number two last year? Alfred Blue. Right. Alfred gained 400-something yards, 3.5 yards of carry, caught passes, but he was really good on special teams. When Lamar Miller needs a breather or he gets hurt, he missed two and a half games last year, they got to have somebody capable of stepping up as a runner, as a receiver, and as a pass protector. That is so important, and Miller's great at that. People wonder, why in the world do they have Lamar Miller? He's not a great runner. Well, he does other things. And in the NFL today, it's all about the passing game, not the running attack. So I think the other could be, we don't know now that Bill's in charge. Would he be more likely to trade draft choices, or is he going to wait till somebody gets cut? If you you guys know this, the position has been devalued. You can find running backs. The key is finding a guy who's going to fit what you want. And remember this: O'Brien constantly talks about the team concept, being a good teammate. Clint Sterner had a tweet that I retweeted about. 
it's not hard to ask a player to be on time to do all the things you need behind the scenes. So I think they'll we're going to see guys get tried out, and I think if somebody gets cut they like, you know, Matt Bazergan and his staff, or Rob Kissel, the pro personnel director, they got a list at every position, and the first guy becomes available they like, they're going to be all over it. Well, a lot of people are saying now, why not get somebody in the offseason? Let's go retroactive here. Did you see these things coming with Foreman? And i got to go back to Bill O'Brien saying positive things about Deontay in the offseason throughout the OTA period because it looked like things were trending in the right direction. But that doesn't clearly doesn't mean they're going to go on forever. Something changed. It just didn't take. It wasn't happening, and they had to make the move. And that's why they didn't get aggressive in free agency with a back or draft somebody high, even though, Johnny, you pointed out, hey, who are you going to draft? I mean, you had other needs as well, yeah. so it makes it difficult. They didn't draft anybody because Foreman, uh, he was read the right act by O'Brien in his exit interview and told him you better get with the program. You better come back here in shape because mm-hmm. he, he never worked as hard as he should have to be in shape, and you better be serious about football, and that includes on and off the field. So he did all those workout videos. He posted on Instagram. He showed them. He was determined. He came back in shape, and they liked it. And O'Brien said good things about him. So did his his teammates. And then he came back, but then he reverted to his same old habits. And so that's Mm. why. They were fired up about him. They wanted to give him a chance. And – and now, and now he's gone. Well, guys, I hate to do what uh, I accuse a lot of people doing, but I think it's for good reason. I hate to go Patriots on everyone here, but when I look at how they handle the running game, gentlemen, yeah. and, and the amount of people they have, and they do have some name, Rex Burkhead, a guy who's done some things around the league. and they got a bunch of running backs. And, and just to see how they handle the position, they've got depth there, and they use those guys. And it seems like... They've got a guy for every situation, and maybe that's what they're angling for here. I think they would like to have that, but it's easier said than done. I, they have to probably find more talent, but let's see what they've got in these preseason yeah, games. They don't want to be like the Patriots Not in, when it comes to the running back. There's nobody who doesn't like the Patriots. They want to have Miller being somewhere like 1,000 yards. If he hadn't missed those two-and-a-half games, he'd have been over oh, yeah. Yeah. 1,100, 1,200 yards, and people go, the Texans are not desperate for the, a running back. The yard per carry was very good, and and he didn't get to catch as much because he had to block. And I think sometimes people don't understand how important they put a significance on blocking here. And 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 so I think Lamar will get the heavy-duty work. They'll have somebody comes in, gets five, six, seven carries a game. Lamar gets hurt. They want that other guy be able to step in. You never know. What if Alfred Blue gets cut by the dog? Don't I knew that was oh coming. I knew that was coming. And you know what? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. If Alfred Blue happened to be cut by the Jaguars and came back here, I I I'd, I'd be okay with it. I'm not gonna be jumping for joy, but I'm not gonna lose my you know what like a lot of people. Well, one, one thing would bother me though. That means Jacksonville's pretty thick at running well, back. Yeah, you know that would that's, bother me more than anything because uh, Alfred coming back here is the third guy or something who can help uh, help out on special I, teams. Why? I would I would like that. I mean, I would like to have a guy at number two that you could turn to and say, okay, take some of these reps, catch the ball in the backfield a little bit. And be a poor man's Lamar Miller for us. I, it bothers me because there are so many fantasy geeks out there like Lamar Miller didn't do this and didn't do that. It's like 
Come on, man. Just because he didn't win you a fantasy championship, you downgrade him <laughs> as a running back. This guy has been loyal. He's been dependable. As John said, if you would played in those two games, yeah. you know, I mean, look, he was behind an offensive line last year that, that gave up 62 sacks. So, and it was changing a lot. There were a lot of changing parts and moving parts uh, on that offensive line. So if he's got some, he's got some uh, talent in front of him this year on the offensive line, Lamar can have a pretty good year. Obviously, he's got to stay healthy. But I, I think, John, the big question to me is, Where's the market for Deontay Foreman? And this is why I asked that, because you said it. He doesn't like to play special teams. I don't think he's going anywhere to be a number one back. So if he's going to be a number two back, he's going to have to be on special teams, and he don't want to do that. So I don't know that there's as, as big a market as maybe some people think. I don't know. What do you think about Deontay going somewhere else? I think he'll get opportunities because he's 6'1", he's 236, and if you look at the tape before he got hurt, he showed he can catch the ball and get some yards mm-hmm. after the catch. And you don't really know about special teams with him unless you talk to people. Right. But maybe this is a wake-up call for him. I better get with the program or my career is going to be over and I'll be back in Texas City. And uh, you hope it because he's a good guy. Everybody likes him. But he's got to get serious about the things besides uh, playing offense. All right, John, what else about Thursday night? What about Deshaun Watson playing time? Give me some thoughts as we approach the first preseason game. Of course, we have these two practices right in front of us here near Lambeau Field. I have no idea what they're going to do with Watson. Maybe they play him a series, certainly not more than a series. Uh, I want to see the backup running backs. Everybody will. Yep. Uh, uh, Crockett and Higdon have, have flashed. Josh Ferguson, they like him, but I don't think they like him enough to be the backup. And uh, – who else? Or somebody, oh, Buddy Howe. Yeah. They didn't like Buddy enough last year to give him a carry when they had injuries. So maybe Buddy, who's good size, good special teams player, maybe Buddy gets an opportunity. All of a sudden, he's better. But think about that. They claimed him on waivers. Ferguson was a veteran free agent signing on the street. And then the other two are undrafted free agents. they got to get another back. John, what about these practices with Green Bay? I know the game is valuable in and of itself on Thursday night, but what about these two practices with Green Bay? And I don't know if it'll tell you a lot about the team, but I'm sure it'll give you a few more answers. What do you think about these inter-squad scrimmages, basically, between these two teams? I want to see the draft choices, the undrafted free agents, the new players, the guys coming off injuries. I want to see Watt going on -on one-on-one drills against their pass protectors. I want to see Titus Howard, if he's healthy. And uh, Max Sharping and Matt Khalil going against their pass rushers. I like those one-on-ones better than anything. Yep. And uh, and they've got it orchestrated. Matt LaFleur, who was two years with the Texans under Kubiak, and O'Brien, they got it all mapped out the way they want it. And that's why coaches think these things are so productive. They can control them. Of course, quarterbacks can't be hit. So I can't wait. I'm excited about it. Uh, it's not as – I thought the stands would be bigger and they would have more room for fans, but uh, that's why they line up so early because the stands, it's it's like a, a half of a high school field. Well, they open but the gates. But it runs for 150 yards, though, because they've got two 70-yard fields. So yeah, that's a good point. it goes for like 150 it's, yards. It's like a it polo forever. field. So what is there, like seven rows? Yeah, there's not many rows. No. But it goes for a while because you got two 70-yard fields. It just goes on. And I guess they can have people in the uh, beyond the fences in the they end zone They have little stands area. Yeah. out there, three or four rows. There's just not many like I thought. They could they could put a whole lot more grandstands Well, they, they do a big inter-squad scrimmage in the stadium, too, here. Yeah. Oh, well, which, by the big. way, was sure. sold out the other night. 
family night. I think it was Friday night. Completely filled. The family whole stadium. Completely filled. I mean, it was free to go in there. So, I mean, think about it. I remember when I lived in – when I lived in Marinette, my dad got on season ticket level – right or on the season ticket wait list when he was coming out of college. Right. He found out 15 years later that he had gotten season tickets, and that's when he decided he wanted to come to Houston and coach football. And so he did. He didn't have an opportunity. Should have bought them anyway and sold them. Well, he got rid of them. He like I don't know what they did with them, but he ended up getting rid of them. Um, But a lot of people can't get in there to see a game, so they go to family night. Place is packed. I wish they had these practices over at Lambeau. Think how many people be. Oh my goodness. Oh well, that'd be lovely. But we'll be there Thursday night, so we'll be there soon enough. enough. John Andrew Luck, what do you make of the situation? Uh, I pro football talk is such. And they like to amplify certain they words. Gotta hits, and words. They got to get hits. Yeah, and and they're saying, well, you never know. He might not get to play. Listen to his word. Read what he's saying. It sounds kind of it sounds kind of foreboding. What do you make of the strained cap and how long it might keep him out? This time last year, they kept saying he was going to play, but he was barely throwing a wiffle ball, and he played pretty well. So I'm expecting that he may not play in preseason. Some more and more quarterbacks are not, and uh, that he'll be ready to go for regular season. That's the worst news all day, John. Yeah, John. And I'm just just raining on our parade, John. You guys are just hoping. You're hoping a guy gets hurt. No, no, we're not. I want him to rest. I don't want Andrew Luck to be hurt. I'm worried about. I just don't want to face him, John. I'm worried about his safety. I think he should retire. Yes, fellow Houstonian, he's worried Go about his safety. Go to the XFL. Play in Houston right. for your daddy. He can be a yes. trailblazer. Help out your Play father. Play for June Jones. Rack right. up the big yards. Stop, be the star of the league. Make yes. Make we'll root for him. Thousand. Yes, we'll do it root for, for, do it for daddy. Do it for your pops. Yes. That's do all we want, John. We don't want him to be hurt. <laughs> don't want him to be hurt. They don't play we until, care. what, the seventh game? Seventh game. Yannick Ngakwe reports for the Jags. What about Jags camp? What about what? You know, it's so funny. Okay, he stays out, says he he's not going to come in until he gets paid. Then he comes in less than two weeks after the start. If of he camp. didn't report by tomorrow, you lose the best adventure yep. of the year. And so um, it didn't do any good. You know, what's the point? Other than if he just didn't want to practice. I remember when in the old days, some veterans, if their contract was up, they would have contract issues till they stop two a days. Oops! Now they're going in. Contract's not so bad. Yeah, yeah. After two days were over. <laughs> after two I knew days a were over. At night, he used to beat on his knee with a book Bible to make it swell a little bit, <laughs> so he could miss practice. But it was never really bad. Thought God would protect his knee, and he did. <laughs> That's the best. He oh would. my gosh. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Oh, wait, it's got to be a Bible, though. Don't do it with the phone Okay, book. we got to get to a break because i got to know who this was. Got to be a Bible. i got, I got to find out who John, this was. John, what do you have going out of the Chronicle? Aaron Wilson and I, I'll have takeaways. We'll have stuff for Texas Sports Nation right after practice, and I'm going to write about just the first day in general. He's going to write about the backup running backs and how they do in practice when they're going against uh, the Packers. Thank you very much, Thank General Tom McClain for the Houston Chronicle. Now, I want everyone to stay with their phones, I don't care what you're doing for work today. I mean, come on, this is much more important to be on your phones. Check out our coverage. Follow the Texans as we will give you all the videos of the players riding the bikes over to practice, which should take place within the next half hour. Yep. So you're going to want to see that. It's a Green Bay tradition. 9.15, the and players the, are lined up. And the Texans will have their own bikes. Now, this thing 
definitely took on a life of its own at some point. I think it used to just be sort of a throwaway thing, and people caught on to it. Now they bring in special bikes. I mean, it's it's nuts. So you're going to want to follow along on all the text and social media channels, and we'll we'll keep that live for you as live as we can possibly do it. Next up, position group breakdown. Johnny, I think we're done with everything. I think we're on special teams now. Are I think we on we special fi- teams? I think we finally moved. We need to do quarterbacks. Oh, that. Is that important? We Should we do quarterbacks and special teams next? Let's do quarterbacks, and we'll see where it takes us. Okay, How about right, that? We're going right. to do the quarterback a, position group breakdown. Plus, I've gotten what you guys are looking at. Actually, I haven't gotten Johnny's yet, but I'll tell you what I'm looking at here. What I'm looking for, what okay. I'm working on during these practices here at Green Bay in the shadows of Lambeau Field. It's Texans Training Camp Live. This is Whitney Merciless, and you're listening to Texans Radio. Don't touch that dial, or else. Texans training camp is underway. Get all the breaking news, updates, interviews, and more right now at HoustonTexans.com. Now back to Texans training camp live. Presented by Academy Sports and Outdoors, Geico, and by Papa John's Houston. Where Bart Starr played. Oh, man. Now you're cutting right to the quick. I, I already know, cried this morning, Mark. Bart Starr. And, you know, when he passed and we went over all those numbers. Yeah. All the postseason. What, 9-1 and one in the postseason? Was that it? Yeah, 9-1. I mean, my gosh. Lost the 1960 championship game to the Eagles. Ah. Uh, Franklin Field. Yeah, Jonesy, come on now. Franklin Field. Now, there's an old place. We played against Penn there twice. Oh, I used did. to love going there. I'll bet. I mean, I, you, you know how I am with historic place. I just I loved it. It I sounds like a Landry oh. Locker question, but best Ivy Stadium to visit. It's got to be Harvard, right? Yeah, but they're so pompous. <laughs> no, I know, but the, the tradition, the history. The, the locker room was like this dungeon underneath the bleachers. Like you would disappear, like underneath well, what the do you bleachers. It's like 150 years old. I know, or but like build the locker room, Harvard. Uh, uh, yeah, like you don't money. have the endowment. <laughs> yeah, they got, they got some money. I mean, come on. But I'll tell you, people don't understand that that was a powerhouse. What in the early 1900s, Harvard Army? These teams were they ruled the land, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. He I mean, it's, it's, I, I tell you yeah. what, I don't want to look at Johnny right now. He doesn't want to talk about that. <laughs> he, yeah. He's like he hates them. I love this. I, All right, we're at Green Bay, worst. Texans and Packers, about to get the practice underway now. The players will be on the bikes to make their way over from Lambeau Field to the Don Hudson Center, and that's how the tradition got started. The locker rooms are over there. They come over here yeah. to do their training camp thing. And What do they do in the winter, Johnny? There's got to be a locker room here at the Don Hudson Center. I, I mean, they must just be duplicating that tradition. i got to find out the backstory I don't. I that. think they do that during training camp. I don't know that they do that during the season. Okay. I think it's well, a training camp thing. We'll I get, believe. We'll get DP Sidhu live to do play-by-play of that in the next segment. Right now, position group breakdown as we'll talk about the quarterbacks. And I think Austin back in the studio, because we have Jonesy here on site. We'll start running that NFL Films music. Yeah, thank I hear you. it. I hear it. Because this is how we do this. I hear it. Today's position group is the quarterbacks. Yes, we haven't gotten to special teams yet, and if we blow through these quarterbacks pretty quickly, maybe we'll get to special teams. But let's go here, and it all starts with number four. And you can use more than two sentences because there aren't that oh. many of these guys. Number four, Deshaun Watson. Well, I think with Deshaun, look, we, we've 
we're lucky. I saw I saw a tweet this morning from Joe Marino, the Draft Network, and they redrafted 2017, and he said, "Sorry, Chiefs and Texans fans, you do not get Mahomes and Watson at 10 and 12." Well, you know, but we did. So, you know, bully on you. I mean, forever we, grateful. Yes, and forever grateful. And so I thank my lucky Sashi Brown stars that it happened because yeah. without Sashi Brown with the Browns, Osweiler doesn't get traded, and we don't trade up for uh, for. Uh, Deshaun Watson. Well, you got to give Rick credit. I mean, I, was, I, I'll say yeah. Rick Smith pulling off that deal was huge for this well, getting organization. Getting both of them done was huge. Yep, Getting absolutely. both of them done was huge. So, going into year three, look, we all in Houston have hope, and you hear everybody say it. As long as four is on the field, we have hope. As long as four is on the field, we got yeah. a chance. We can do anything with four on the field. And so, obviously, health, put that up on the shelf because that's always going to be the most important aspect. But I think for him on the field this year – the biggest thing for him is how much quicker can he make decisions? Can he make the decision almost even pre-snap that he knows what he's looking at? He knows he sees too high, but he knows this team. He's like, I know they're going to transform to middle of the field close, single high. I know what route I have. I need to check us and get us out of this because I know what they're going to be in. I know where I'm going to go with the football. Bang, 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 throw it and let it go. And I think that's – that's going to be the biggest key. Can he make decisions quicker? Can the game slow down for him? And then when it does slow down for him, you're going to see this offense go to a whole different level as long as obviously the weapons around him are going to stay relatively healthy. Now, I don't know if you'll get 16 games from everybody, but if you've got if you've got Hopkins and Fuller and QT and the tight ends relatively healthy week after week, so he doesn't go into a game against the Colts who got a pretty fast defense, and he's got no twitch on the field. He's got Hoppy, he's got Demarius Thomas, he's got Joe Webb. He's got no twitch. Yeah. And and that wasn't going to help him. He had to get rid of the ball quickly, and he had nobody like you need to twitch. Yeah, he needs. So if he can make decisions quicker, and I think he started doing that over the second half of the year. That's what I think. You know, he threw some interceptions early on, and he had some questionable decisions early on. I mean, the Tennessee game, people talk about. You know, 17 seconds left, we don't even get a field goal attempt, all that. But he chan- he transformed himself so quickly and then maintained that level throughout the year. And really the only interceptions that he threw the rest of the year were ones where he got hit or the ball was tipped. I don't remember him throwing interceptions other than I think the one in the playoff game, maybe to Kenny Moore when it was fourth down. They were trying to get something and Moore came out of nowhere to pick. That was about it. So yeah. from that perspective, if he can maintain that, t- that decision-making level, that high-level decision-making, this offense is going to be able to do what it wants. Yeah, I think very often when there's a sack or, or, or things don't develop quickly, he is trying to hold on to the ball and make a play yes. and, and run around and make a play. And I think the coaches love that, but they also want him to curtail that, want yes. him to edit, want him right. to be very careful about preserving that, his body and live to fight another down. Right. There's nothing wrong with punting. I mean, not late in the game, but yeah. every once in a while, hey, just just take your medicine, just just throw it away, and move on to the next play, whatever that play might be, as opposed to taking a sack, getting hurt, throwing right. a pick, whatever. Right. And, and he, I, I just love his ability to scramble and make plays, you know, and so you get addicted to that sometimes. Yep. As a viewer, and maybe, I don't think the coaches do, the coaches know what needs to be called, but his ability, if the, if the call's not going to work, to make something positive happen is unquestionably yeah. supreme. His late game, gotta have it, gotta win the game, drive. Uh, it, when you look at the amount of game-winning drives, game-tying drives that yeah. he has, very impressive. 
for a young quarterback. Yeah. Everyone gets so intoxicated with Mahomes, and I get it. My gosh, it's ridiculous what Mahomes has been able to do in one year as a starter. That should not take anything away from what Watson's been able to do. And let's let this play out. These guys are going to be going for a long time. It's going to be fun to watch. Well, the plays that he's been able to make thus far in his career in the late third quarter or fourth quarter of games, I mean, the um, the opportunity for the um, Watson to make plays in the fourth quarter has been just incredible. So he's been as good as you could possibly ask for. Like, Mahomes has not had a situation where he's had to bring his team from behind. So uh, from that perspective, he's he's a guy that I think Watson has proven himself in the in the fourth quarter. So he's a guy that I want to continue to see do things in the fourth quarter. Mahomes hasn't done that in the fourth quarter. Has Mahomes brought the Chiefs back in any game in the fourth quarter? Uh, the Ravens game about, is the only one I can think about. But didn't he – against the Patriots, they score, they lose in overtime. What about the one yeah. at the Patriots? That was 43-40. to 40. I can't remember all the details. Look, I, I think Mahomes <laughs> will be fine. But, yeah, I don't know. But let's just see. Let's see how this thing plays out. I can't wait for – what is it, October 15th? At October Arrowhead. 13th. 13th. October 13th. Mid-October, Arrowhead Stadium. It's going to be awesome. Next quarterback up as we're doing the position group breakdown, A.J. McCarron. Team signs him in the offseason. No Brandon Whedon as a backup this year. I've said this before, before he gets all the technical stuff. I love the hunger. He wants to play. Yeah. He wants to have – look, it's not like Brandon Whedon didn't want to have a career, but A.J. McCarron – still probably has it in his mind that he can be a starter somewhere. And yeah. I like that. Yeah. You know, he's not rooting for any opportunity here in the regular season, yeah, yeah. Uh, anything bad to happen to Watson. But for A.J. McCarron, these next couple of games are uh, – these next four games are huge. He wants to make a great impression so that if the opportunity arises, he can potentially be a starter somewhere else. And I love that. And I like what he's done so far in his career. He just hasn't been able to stay on the field. Well, I – and that's the thing. Look, all three of these quarterbacks have started a playoff game. Think about that. All three. All three. Joe Webb included, folks. Joe Webb started actually right over there, right on the other side of the street. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, against the Packers. Yeah, he played. He started in a playoff game. That's making so, the broadcast. Yeah, so Joe Webb and A.J. McCarron and Deshaun Watson have all started a playoff I game. I think the weather is slightly better here. Oh, wait. Maybe. were They at, They weren't at home in uh, outdoor. That was here. That was here, if I remember correctly. Or were they in that frozen well, tundra of Minneapolis no, for no, the no. University of Minnesota Stadium? No, they, they, that was that was Favre's last couple of years. Right, well, no, that one that one game frigid frigid game was Teddy Bridgewater oh, before yeah, yeah, Bridgewater yeah. ended up getting okay. hurt. All right, uh, if I remember, that was 2015. Oh gosh, that was brutal. Anyways, with McCarron, he to me, and look, I, I watched him coming out of Alabama. I saw him live at Alabama, mm-hmm. and I thought he was a really good college quarterback. I was like, but he just. You know, assets, traits, those are things that he doesn't doesn't really have. But his arm strength, I think, has really improved. Like, I see him make throws out on the field, and look, it's not not Deshaun's arm strength, but it's pretty darn good. Like, you don't see a huge drop-off. So, if you had, if you, uh, unfortunately, had to go into a game with A.J. or something happened for a drive that Deshaun had to get checked out, you could put A.J. in the game, and I think you would feel pretty good about him getting rid of the football, Getting the off, or, you know, getting the offense in the right play, getting everybody lined up, getting ready to go, delivering the football on time. You can always rely on number ten. That's what every quarterback has done when they've stepped in for the Texans. Hey, yep. new quarterback, what are you going to do? Throw it to Hopkins. Yeah. Okay, well, you still got Fuller and you got QT, so he's got he's got options, which is kind of nice. So I think if he had to step in, 
I'm not going to lose too much sleep. Uh, obviously, you don't lose Deshaun for a long amount of time, and I don't want to see McCarron all in a game. But if it happened, I think we'd be much better set up than maybe any other time that I can remember her having a backup quarterback, maybe dating back to Sage Rosenfels. Rosenfels, and did the word get out over the weekend? Where we, where did this develop? That he's the greatest preseason quarterback in NFL history or something like that? Who, Sage? Uh, yes. <laughs> Sage? I mean, Mr. August, look, I like Sage, you know this, and that might be true. I mean, he's, he's had Mr. some big August. moments. Mr. August. They didn't call him that. I am. But, you know, when you're a backup quarterback, that's what you got. You know, yeah, you know. Uh, you want to play a long time. Yeah. Let's talk to Texans ambassador Mike Quinn, who had a long career throwing yeah. three passes in a regular season I mean, game. look, Shop stuck around the league, what, what we said the other day, 16 years. This is his 16th year. He's had six, he had basically six full years. Of playing. He had six full years of starting. Yeah, he had 96 seven starts. Seven as a would-be starter, but the first part of his career but I mean, in Atlanta. 96 starts. Now in Atlanta, he was with yeah. the Raiders, but now in Atlanta. And he, you know, that's it. That it, it, It's kind of a sandwich. And in the middle, you got the starting career, which was dotted with some injuries. And mm-hmm. obviously at the very end of that, some other issues that we will not get into right now that happened between the lines. Let's get into Joe Webb just for a moment here because I said it earlier. You know, if if special teams isn't stellar, then Bill O'Brien and his staff are starting to think about, could we be better at third-string quarterback, right. right? He's got to play both well in order to maintain employment in this league. He's going into his 10th year. Well, I, I think Joe knows that's absolutely key, that special teams is his – that's his ticket. And it was last year, and he knew it. And what Joe had last year was a tremendous relationship with A.J. Moore, with Buddy Howell, with Peter Kalambay, with Brennan Scarlett, with the – the guys that ran down on special teams. I mean, he had such a bond with them, and they all worked very, very well together. And so, look, Joe did have to go into the Colts game at wide receiver. You hope you don't get in that situation. But, look, how many wide receivers are you going to carry on the 46 on game day? If you have to go to Joe Webb, he can at least line up in the proper spot and get yep. you know, run a route and force somebody to cover him. So you at least have that from Joe Webb. But, you know, quarterback-wise, like I watched him throw the football like, yeah, okay. Not, look, he's not going to overtake A.J. McCarron, and obviously not Sean Watson, but he's an invaluable piece as that Swiss Army knife right. for this particular roster. I, I mean, I think what would happen, God forbid, if something happened to your starter, would be McCarron's going to take over, and then you'd go back to the whatever list you have right. and say, who's our backup? Right. You know, And, and who, can, who can be that with Joe Webb right. or maybe overtake Joe? Uh, but Joe's so handy, so valuable for this franchise. All right, that's your quarterback position group breakdown. So tomorrow we'll do special teams. How about okay. that? Yeah, we got And then on Wednesday do. we'll recap the whole roster. We'll do it all before the can preseason we, opener on Thursday. Can we, we do should, it? We should have, like, the long segment and see if I can do all 90 guys in a segment. We'll do it. <laughs> that is going to be one sentence. One sentence That's on one guy. sentence. That's one sentence. I could do, I could that's do on it. Wednesday. I, could do I can't wait for that, actually. Oh, Every guy on the roster. Every guy on the roster. At least one sentence. All right, that's good. All right, next up, so we're here at the practice field in the shadow of Lambeau Field at Green Bay. Now, what's going to happen is the players are taking the bikes over here in the longtime Packer tradition, and D.P. Sidhu is going to give us some play-by-play of that. Let's get to that next, and then we'll get to Landry's questions of the day. I think some historical stuff will come up. It's Texans Training Camp Live. Touchdown! Texans Radio continues in a moment. 
The Texans are back in action, and you have a front row seat. It's Texans Training Camp Live on Texans Radio. Yeah, you have a front row seat. Don Hudson Center, practice facility for the Packers, right near Lambeau Field, right basically across the street from it. And we have two 70-yard fields end-to-end in front of us. I think there's 71, too. We're close enough. Anyway, fans jamming the stands as we look at these fields. Players not on the field yet. Obviously, a lot of green and gold here. I've seen some Texans fans for sure. In fact, a couple of kids wearing Watt jerseys with a dad who's wearing a Packer jersey. And I asked, I said, you guys from Houston? He said, no, we're Wisconsin. I said, oh, are they Texans fans? He said, no, they're J.J. Watt fans. But they're wearing a Watt Texans jersey. Drew Doherty tweeted out a guy with a Watt Green Bay jersey, which is bizarre. Like, what is that? That's tampering. That's total tampering. Yeah, and it's just one of those things that you're going to see here because Watt is such a a hero in the state of Wisconsin. Well, last night on the news, uh, I saw Pat tweeted this a little bit. Last night in the news, they did, you know, hey, the Texans are here. But guess who got top billing? Of course. Not J.J. Ooh. No. Watson. Think think about that. Oh, back sharping. Very good. Really? Very good. He's from here. Oh, yeah, Like, he's yeah. from here, here. Yeah, that, here. that's big. That's big. That's like, local. He it's just local. played here a few years ago. All right, so. let's go to D.P. Sid, who's joining us on the line right now, and she's watching the players on the bikes, I think. D.P., what's going on? Hey, guys. I'm right across the street from you all right here at Lambeau Field. We're in Lot 1 at the South Gate. We're just waiting for the players to make their way with the kids on their bikes. They've got all these fans lined up. I just tweeted a picture of the path that the players are going to ride through, and we saw some coaches come out. We saw Andre Johnson come out. Nobody on a bike just yet, but I do see a lot of Texans fans here. And I even saw uh, an employee from our offices, Tina, from accounting. She was here, and she said that she had family in Green Bay. And so she thought, well, I'll bring my kids up here, and we'll just put out a text message and say, hey, we're going up to Green Bay. We're staying with relatives. And and, um, if anybody's got bikes in the area, could you drop them off? And the relatives got all these bikes delivered to the house for the kids. So she said everyone here has just been so friendly and so nice and it's just such a fun tradition that everyone wants to partake in but on our side of the of the entrance because you see the texans players are going to come out on the south gate along the south gate and the packers players will come out along the north gate there's a lot of packers fans here and a lot of watt jerseys sprinkled in as well so we're just patiently waiting i think the players are very close to making their way through here i mean that's pretty cool the fact that you know you put on an apb basically for bikes and then everybody's like yeah, yeah here, take mine. Like, go. DP, are you going to get on a bike and ride over? It's been a while since I rode a bike, but like they say, it should just be oh like riding gosh. a bike, right? Yeah, no. <laughs> no, we're actually going to go. I had to also, we can't, find, we can't find DP <laughs> at practice. It's like, uh, he's relearning how to ride a bike. bike. <laughs> so, we're going to go live on Facebook at about 9 30 uh, okay. for a cooler talk. So, I'll probably be doing that, and we'll have the bikes in the background. So, if you're on a phone, if you can get on social media, uh, Drew Doherty and I will be hosting Cooler Talk with the kids on the bikes. And right now, as I'm talking to you, Bill O'Brien's making his way over. I'm very disappointed he's not on a bike. Uh, he's along yeah. with John Perry, wide receivers coach, and some of the other coaches. All right, DB, give me some play-by-play of O'Brien's expression because I'm kind of oh. torn about what, what I predicted what might be. On the one hand, he's, a, he's really into tradition in this league, and he knows about this tradition for sure. But it is game week. It's game face, Bill. It's in-season, Bill. So, I mean, are the bikes a big distraction to him? What, what is your read on Bill O'Brien's facial expressions right now? 
Well, he's, uh, this is awkward because he's walking right by me as I'm talking about him, but he's <laughs> smiling, he's talking to his assistant coaches. I think, personally, and this is just my own gut instinct on it, I think he loves tradition, and this is, you know, he just loves when the kids and the fans are involved in it, so, yeah. you know, it's joint practices. It's not, it's not like a regular season game, and this is distracting in any way. I think he likes whatever keeps camp fun and interesting for the players and just breaks up the monotony. That's a big reason why we're in Green Bay in the first place because these joint practices do make things a little bit more interesting for the players that are tired of facing each other for eight straight practices. Now they get to face some, some, some new players. Yeah, this is the trip that I don't want to say replaces the Greenbrier. You've replaced the Greenbrier with Houston and mm -hmm. with the way you're keeping the players cool with the CRZ and the bubble practices and everything and this. So it's a combination of things that have sort of, quote, replaced the Greenbrier. But you're right, it does break up the monotony. The weather here. Now, fans here, we mentioned it, they've been fanning themselves. <laughs> yeah. uh, but to the players, to the Texans players, this is going to be awesome. They're yeah, going to absolutely well, love this. Well, I've, yeah, I've heard that, that – it's, it's a heat wave, they call it here. I, and we're <laughs> yeah. thinking, this, this is your heat wave. It is going to get up to 86 today, so it's a little bit warm. There's no cloud cover. But for us, this is such a welcome break from especially Saturday's practice, which seemed like every practice had been getting hotter and more humid in Houston. The first few weren't so bad. I think our players are really going to enjoy this being out here today. I and just tomorrow. know we were sitting at we were sitting at dinner last night, and I turned to, to Drew at some point, and I was like, hey, Drew, this will be like the second quarter of the game. And it was just gorgeous. Yeah. And, I mean, I've said it before. You play, you play Thursday night here, then the only time you go outside until October 13th to play a game mm -hmm. is L.A., where it's going to be like this, or it should be. I would imagine L.A., we're not going to get rain. You're going to get a day like this in L.A. So it's not as if we've got to play outside in that heat that we've been accustomed to. It's going to be kind of nice that the other night. Uh, Deep, you talked about – uh, oh, wait, you guys, the, players are – I don't mean to cut you off, but players are starting to make their way over with the kids on the bikes. We've got um, uh, A.J. McCarron coming over. We've got Darren Fells, John Weeks. And this is so cute. They're just talking to the kids while they're making their way over on bikes. It's a very leisurely stroll. It's not a competitive bike ride. Guys, I totally think I could do this. But uh, Feet <laughs> on the ground. You, I totally could do this. <laughs> yeah. Riding a bike is the just like riding on, a bike. The kids, are, the kids are on the bikes, and uh, they're talking to our players who are in full pads. And then at the end of the bike ride, you know, they autograph a few things for the players, it looks like, and then and then cross the street over to the Don Hudson Center. Very I don't, cool. Our players are not – oh, well, actually, Max Sharping is on a tricycle right now. I was just about to say I don't see players on the bike, but he's getting some cheers from <laughs> from his hometown fans right here. Max Sharping on a tricycle, and this, this adorable <laughs> little girl is carrying his helmet next to him. All right, well, we'll let you go live on Facebook and cover all that. It's a great tradition. It's a fun thing to watch during training camp. Thanks a lot, DP. Thanks, guys. All right, joining us from right across the street at Lambeau Field, we're here at the Don Hudson Center practice facility, and there's a giant indoor building between us and the view of what's going on there. It's yeah. not that far away. It's probably three, 400 yards, really. Yeah. But uh, it's one of those things we wanted to get on-the-spot coverage. It's like election night. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go to Precinct 4. I just think it's pretty cool when you can go to a place and then engage in their tradition. And, mm -hmm. and they and the, the people here allow you to do that, which I, I think is, is yeah. really cool. I Participate mean, it, in their tradition. I mean, it would be sort of like if you were an away team going to A&M, yeah. and then A&M let you do all – oh, wait, they don't let you do that. Sorry. Well, how about Cows. this, though? When the Texans played here in 2016, I think there was only one touchdown in the game, right? It was Ryan Griffin's catch. Yep. Nice catch. Oh, Hop had one late. Oh, Hop had – yeah, Hop had a late score that really didn't affect the outcome. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, so Griffin catches the ball, and then he finds a group of Texans fans right near where he caught it yeah. and jumps in and does a Lambeau leap. And that's going to make our traveling Texans video that you're going to see on Thursday night on ABC 13. we got a lot of great extra coverage and extra content for you in that game. And one of them is a piece on the uh, traveling Texans, one of the videos. Yep. And it's just it's a great piece. And our video crew does an amazing job. And uh, we featured some of that in our We Are Texans special that re-aired this past Saturday night. We're going to air it again because it's I think it's Emmy Award winning or at least nomination type material it's really good stuff but the traveling texans will be here and maybe you get a shot at a lambo leap my point was that you do get to participate in some other team's yeah. traditions sometimes now during a game no, they're not really into that yeah. the uh, packer fans like i don't want you doing a lambo leap in my house but no. it all worked out and people here that are friendly cool. and they get it and they won the game anyway i had there. moved to the back of the end zone for that because it had gotten down to the goal line yeah and so i was standing maybe a good Man, not even 20 yards away from, from Griff when he did that. And I could see him working his way back there, and I was like, oh, he's going to Lambo leap. Mm-hmm. And if I had been – I mean, I was covered in snow and couldn't even get my you know phone out of my pocket, but that would have been a great picture to have of him in Lambo with the snow coming down amongst all the Texans fans celebrating touchdown. Yep. That would have been a really cool picture to have because that was, that was really neat. I mean, I could see I was like, oh, he's going to Lambo leap this. Check this out. The players talk about it too. The players, I remember leading up to that game, I remember seeing some of the hallway like, hey, if you score, you're going to Lambo. Oh, yeah, I'm going to Lambo leap. Heck, yeah, yeah, I'm going to. Yeah. I mean, if you do it in the Packer fan area, man, it's not like anything bad's going to happen. No. But uh, no. be careful. So we're here fieldside in Green Bay. Next segment, we'll hear from Landry in Houston. He'll throw us questions. We'll keep you posted as to what's going on early here as practice will get underway shortly. Uh, most of it will take place after we're done with the program here. And the afternoon guys are here. You got Rick and Clint here to cover it, to bring you all the latest this afternoon. They'll do their show from the atrium inside Lambeau Field. That'll be cool. We'll be back on tomorrow morning from this field. Let's do it. It's Texans Training Camp Live. More on the latest from Training Camp is next on Texans Radio. Hey, Texas fans. This is Deshaun Watson. This is Jonathan Joseph. I'm Bill O'Brien, and you're listening to Texans Radio. Texas Radio. Texans Radio. Lambo Field. Mark and John with you as the Texans are making their way over to the field here. The bikes. See all the tweets. Houston Texans. Follow us on Twitter, all our social media channels. We are covering the bike ride over the Dream Drive, as they call it and they're going to practice with the Packers today. It'll be fun stuff. Are they in full pads today? Yes, they're in full pads. Excellent. I'm watching. There's one little kid is on the bike riding, and he's walking next to one of the Texans' defensive linemen. <laughs> and I was like, if he tried to get on that bike, he might break it. So oh. maybe that's what the discussion was. I don't know. Yeah. But he's walking over. It's pretty. This this is really cool, man. We I, don't want any injuries very, very here. Cool, Are they doing yeah. this tomorrow too? I guess that's I every so. day. I think it's every training camp day. I don't I don't yeah. think it's during the season, but I think it's definitely every training camp day. I love it. And so what they're doing is they're going down the drive of the South Gate, yeah. and then they get to I believe that's Lombardi Way. They get to Lombardi Way, and then they'll cross the street, and then they'll, that'll get them to to Hinkle Field, where they're going to do their work before they come over here to go against the Packers. So. Man, I love all these streets named after people. It's, hint, uh, yeah. hint, hint, someday. Just kidding. Andre uh, Johnson Drive? Andre Johnson Drive. Well, I think. Vandermeer I, Avenue? 
Like oh no, Vander Way, John. Oh, Vander that's Way. that's what it's going to be. Okay. Yeah. Now I'll just look. I'll take a door named after me or something. <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't matter. But no, that's like I know a, it's going to be another named thirty after years. Okay, thirty. I know, I know it's going to be named after you, and I and I I'm going to push for it if I'm still alive. Wait, what's that? Mark Vandermeer Radio Booth. Oh, but you know what? Here's the thing, though. I want the next stadium because. <laughs> it'll be named after me, then they'll wreck it. It'll be like, eh, yeah, we're not going to bring that back over here in this new facility, you know, in 35 years, whatever. Okay, let's get to this. Now, Landry Locker joins us from Houston as we are in Green Bay. He's got his questions of the day for us. Good morning, Landry. Good morning, fellas. Of course, the question on every Texan's mind, Deontay Foreman released by the Texans. What now at the running back position? What should we be looking for uh, from the depth chart after Lamar Miller? We probably should have hit this at every segment today because I know it's a big story because Deontay Foreman is so local and popular, but we hit it from the get-go. And, Johnny, as far as the depth chart goes, look, we've seen Josh Ferguson get a lot of reps. We've seen Taiwan Jones get a lot of reps. Yeah. But I think the the highest upside clearly belongs to these rookies. Is it Demarie Crockett? Is it Karan Higdon? One of these two players – and if it's not, if you don't see it in these preseason games, I think they're going to go out and get somebody. They might go out and get somebody even if you do see it in these preseason games. Your thoughts? Yeah, I, I, I think you put it best. That, that was it right there. You've got a vet in Taiwan Jones, but he hasn't played a lot of running back. He's been special teams. He even played corner at some point during his career just to get himself on the field. And Josh Ferguson's had a cup of coffee with a couple places. But the upside, relatively speaking, is with Higdon and with Crockett. And I like both those guys. I, I, I did, when I heard that they signed him, I was really excited about it. And look, I was excited about what Foreman was going to be able to bring. But if you're not able to do things the way that the organization wants you to, then it's time to move on to a different place to yeah. allow you to, to go somewhere else and make an impact somewhere else. So Higdon, Crockett, keep an eye on those two. And look, there are going to be, what, 15 other preseason games going on this weekend. So Keep an eye on those games and see what other players that are off the beaten path. You're like, hey, man, that guy might look good. That guy might. But I'm going to keep an eye on 31 and 36. Those are the two guys that got a little upside. And they they both run hard. And they'll run inside. And they'll go on special teams. I know that. I know Crockett definitely will um, because I've, I've seen him. I've seen him run down a kickoff team. He's one of the first guys down there. I mean, he can fly. But look, Colin Glaspia. Uh, Lesbia, well, I, mean, I think he figures into the mix, but I don't. You know, he's yeah. not going to be like let's ha let's hand him the ball yeah, for eight times, times a game. Even yeah. like I don't I don't see him that way. Uh, and you know me, I'm Professor Positive. I'm the Norman Vincent Peel of Sports Talk Radio. But I've heard people say, well, you never know with these rookies because Arian Foster. Dot dot dot. Listen, that's easier said than done. Okay? I mean, that was, a, he, well, was they didn't they didn't even know Arian Foster was going to be Arian Foster right. because they cut him. If you have a player on the practice squad, that means at some point he's been cut right, right. from your roster and available to every other team in the league. So what happened there was they're like, oh, let's keep this Foster guy around. Right. Maybe he materializes. I don't think, and I got to go back and look at the numbers, and I should from the 2009 preseason. What were his running numbers? Yeah. I don't know they, if they were that great because if they were, they might not have let him go in the first place and then brought him back on the practice squad. They brought him back on the practice squad. He ultimately made the roster special teams, and then boom, it took off from there in the last two games of that season so that's that's a lot to ask for one of these guys to measure up even to 70 percent of that but you never know let's see what happens in these preseason games well and i think this to your point look you may never again get an arian foster but that's at one end of the spectrum what you're hoping is that like you said if you could get something that you get positive 
result from it, mm-hmm. great. Because guess what's coming in 2020? What's Cam Akers from Florida State, A.J. Dillon from Boston College, Ooh. Jonathan Taylor from Madison, University of Wisconsin, uh, Travis Etienne from Clemson. What is coming is one of the best running back classes that we will have seen in quite some time. Yeah. Now, those guys are all juniors, but this running back class that's coming, coming out is going to be phenomenal. So I'm not saying you just survive this year at running back. you got to do what you got to do. But if it gets to the point where it doesn't get better by the, the end of the season that you're like, you've got to do something – you could look to the draft and find a big time yeah, running back yeah, coming well, to the NFL. But I, I got to get to New Orleans with some really no, good juice here. You know, know. that. All right, Landry, next. All right, what am I, what's the thing that you guys are most watching for? Because the Texans and Packers, when you when you stack up strength on strength, uh, John, what is the thing that we you are most watching for today as these two teams uh, kick off their uh, joint practice? Well, the biggest thing that I want to see today, and you said you said strength. I think still one of the question marks is how is this corner group not safety so much but how the corners going to cover and they're facing one of the best route runners in football in Devonta adams so i want to see roby i want to see lonnie johnson i want to see jonathan joseph going against Devonte adams he he's ridiculous with his releases and, and he knows it and he'll tell him about it too he's phenomenal he's great at the catch point i want to see these corners going against Devonte adams in particular look this is a big wide receiver group i was just looking at it a little while ago uh, you've got Jake Kummerow, who's been really good out of Wisconsin Whitewater. He's 6'4". Uh, Devontae Adams is 6'2". Equinemius St. Brown is 6'5". You're talking about a big crew. Trevor Davis is 6'1". I don't think they have a receiver under six foot, it seems. So they're going to be challenged by some big receivers. But to me, it's Adams in the way that he negotiates his releases, how crafty he is, how patient he is. He's very keen Allen in that way. He's not a guy that runs 4'4 and just runs by you but he can get releases from you and get separation because of the way he runs his routes, I think is a great, great test for those corners. And I know I'm going to have my eyes on those guys for sure. Well, this O-line, I mean, clearly that's, that's always the headline, right? Well, that's, that's the other one too. I mean, you think about the pass rushers. They drafted Rashawn Gary. They signed Zadarius Smith this offseason. Those are two very interesting pass rushers to, to say the absolute least. So, uh, Darius Smith is coming at you like 275. He's kind of like a poor man's clowny in that he's strong, very physical. Uh, so he and he can rush from a lot of different spots. But then you draft Rashawn Gary, who was one of their athletes in college football last year. So you put that in the mix from pass rush. Now they don't have Clay Matthews anymore, but you know Clay was kind of his last legs, anyways. But that I think is going to be a good one with those two in particular. I have my eyes on those: Darius Smith and uh, Rashawn Gary going against those tackles and see how Khalil and the, and the group tackles uh, how they perform. How about these these other running backs, not named Lamar Miller from oh, the yeah. Texans, and yeah. the opportunity that they have in front of them now? No doubt. I mean, they are really excited about this these next two, three, four days because yeah. you'll have a walkthrough Wednesday, but you have three of the next four days are really go time as far as auditions go. Because I got to say this: if it doesn't go well in that spot, right, in the next three out of four days. Uh, yeah, and you might be doing this anyway, but you're starting to look around the league like, yeah. what else might be out there for me? So somebody's got to rise maybe more than one person. Well, to your point, and you, you kind of brought this up the other day, and I kind of went on a little bit of a mini rant. Our pro personnel staff has been working on this for months. It's not like it's not like they woke up and found out the same news we did and went, oh, we got to start looking. Yeah. They are looking at it yeah. constantly. So well, they have a depth t- chart of right. who might be available. They, exactly. They know who's there. Yeah. They know who's available. They know mm-hmm. 
they know all of that, and they're on top of it. So they're working it so that if it comes to where they all they meet after this week is over, and they're like, okay, we we got to do we got to do something now. We got to jump on this now. They're going to be able to move on it relatively quickly. I, I I just go back to I don't think they were. I don't think that they were surprised. I think this is probably something they've been looking at just in case. I think they do that for all positions. Yep. Hey, what, what's the what's the worst case if scenario? If this guy gets hurt or if this guy just doesn't cut it that we signed, what are our options? And obviously a lot of that has to do with our pro personnel group uh, that Rob Kissel and the guys are going to be looking at. Landry, what's, that, what's next? Who's the best Green Bay Packer quarterback of all time? Oh, I love this. This is like picking between my kids, bro. Uh, yeah, like, for which, Johnny which from here, I I almost am going to abstain from this one. Well, look, uh, most people I think don't force most, me to pick between my no, kids. Most Mark. football nerds are going to say, "Well, Aaron Rodgers because he's the best today." Blah 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 blah. But look, I, and it's hard to measure these things because of the eras, right? Because Bart Starr, yeah. a 17th round draft choice, by yes. the way. A you know what his numbers at Alabama were? Ten. He was hurt his senior year. He uh, ten touchdowns in his career. 20 interceptions. He had a 1 to 2 touchdown interception ratio. And it took a while here, right? A little bit. A little bit. It he, took a while to really get going. Yeah, but when Lombardi came, Lombardi was like, that's my guy. Yeah. And Lombardi made Star the guy. And then obviously they made history. Uh, I, if I got to pick one. Favre. Well, I like Favre too because he resurrected the franchise. Yes. You know, they, people yes. forget. I mean, you always assume that title town and everything. Look, Lynn Dickey was a pretty good quarterback. He really was. Yeah, he was. But he wasn't great, clearly. Uh, but he put up good numbers in an era where that was not happening for a lot of guys. You know who Lynn Dickey is? It just dawned on me. He's Matt Schaub. Lynn Dickey is Matt Schaub. It's, the, it's perfect. He threw for a lot of numbers, but they didn't win a whole lot. Yeah. Now, Matt did get. You know, the team to the playoffs. Lynn Dickey did get the Packers to the playoffs. Lynn Dickey is Matt Schaub. It just dawned on me. Don Mikowski, the magic man, is the oh, best quarterback Oh, man, the Green. magic man, my senior <sighs> in high school, was winning games, and it was like, it was heaven. It was heaven. <laughs> and then <laughs> Favor comes around, a.k.a. Yeah. Favre. Favre comes around. Favre? It's like, like this. Hey, listen, I was, I, was talking I'll go to, uh, I was talking to one of our engineers before the show who lives here in Wisconsin. He was kind of helping us get set up. And, and so we were talking, and he said, you know, all of this. And he kind of just took his hand. He kind of just waved over Lambeau and the That's Hudson far. Center and Titletown. He's like, D- a lot of this happened after they won the Super Bowl. Right. In 96. Yeah. After it brought they won them, the Super yeah. Bowl, this, this all grew out of what, what Favre did. And I, will, I will say this about Rodgers, though. The thing about Rodgers is, I love how, Rogers. I, here's a question. How bad would the Packers be over the last several seasons oh. without Rodgers? Well, I mean, it's been clear when he's been hurt. They've yeah. been garbage. I mean, the he's he covers up so much on this roster. Now, he's under the spotlight this year with new, you know, because of last year didn't go oh, yeah. so well. And new coach and, and everything else. You know, he's in his, how many years is, without looking, how many years has Aaron Rodgers been in the league? <laughs> Since what? When was he drafted? Five? Yeah, he was drafted at 05. He's been oh really longer than J. Joe. Now, oh for three gosh. years, he didn't do anything, but yeah. still, it's just. I know, he's sad. It, it's phenomenal to think about yeah. that. Anything else, Landry? What team was Lynn Dickey drafted by? The Oilers. Oilers. There you go. Okay. John yeah. Lopez thought he was going to stump y'all. He thought he had oh, some information on. that nobody else knew. Oh, just telling you. He, he, on, told me, he told me to throw that at y'all, and I, he underestimated y'all. He said, I guarantee they won't know that. You know, a lot we, of we knew uh, that on in sync. A no. lot of interesting quarterbacks have been through Houston. Right. Well, who else was drafted in uh, 1971 with Lynn Dickey? Dan Pastorini was Not drafted with the uh, number two pick, Plunkett, Pastorini, and then number three was um, 
or was uh, or is Pastorini? I know it was Archie Manning. Archie Manning, yeah. So Manning uh, the went, other one was uh, yeah. Who? What would happen today if you drafted a quarterback in the first round and the third round? Well, the Redskins did it in 2012, and the fourth rounder became their starter. How about that? How about that? Take that with you, Lopez. Hey, Makes man. a lot of money. It's not like I didn't have confidence in him. I uh, said, well, what him. round was uh, <laughs> Steve Walsh drafted by uh, the Cowboys? What, what supplemental. Round? That was supplemental. He was a okay. supplemental first-round pick. Yeah, but they had two rookies on that 1-15 team, yeah. right? Yeah, That's two. Right, and man. Walsh ended up getting the win. Ultimately, it worked out pretty well. Good for Walsh. Walsh is like Ken Dorsey. You know, he was awesome at Miami and then not so much in the pros. You yeah, know? I mean. Dorsey's still coaching, though. All right, boys, what do you have going on in the loop today? Uh, we got to talk to Darren Fells, and Darren Fells has a unique – he is a unique case study because he's the only player in the NFL who's played with both Baker Mayfield and Deshaun Watson. So we're going to ask him about the difference between Baker and Deshaun. We're going to have it. reaction to the release of Deontay Foreman. We're going to go live out there, hear from Bill O'Brien. And uh, Lopez and I were both at the Astros no-hitter this Saturday. It's kind of ironic, but we were there – so we'll talk about that and how Jeff Luno has already won the trade deadline and Zach Grinke hadn't even stepped on a rubber yet. Wow. Uh, that sounded weird. But, yeah, we got it. We got it. We understand. Okay, we understand. Vandy. Okay. That, no, now, no. Now, you're, now you're just being well, silly. Well, that's like, what's his name this weekend? Quentin Williams. Who, yeah. Quentin Williams okay, so, with this interesting comment. So, Landry, to your point, before you go, what would the football equivalent be to a multi-pitcher no-hitter. I, I have an idea, but uh, what what would the football equivalent uh, be? The Texans did it with the three defensive touchdowns against Pittsburgh in 2 with 47 yards of offense. The, immediate, the thing that came to mind immediately for me was you had multiple quarterbacks somehow, some way, that contributed to a perfect passer rating. Oh, I see. Yeah, but multiple quarterbacks is relatively rare. Multiple right. pitchers in a baseball game is not. So I think True. you got to go That's in another right. direction there. What about a special teams, a defensive, a rushing, and a passing touchdown? Ooh, you hit all the different ways you can score. That's, That's kind of like hitting for the cycle. It's like a, a it's like a football scoring cycle. Although I th- I always thought hitting for the cycle is the most overrated thing. It's just seriously, a, wouldn't you rather have three doubles or something like yeah, that exactly. in a homer? I've Thank you, thought, Vandy. Like, why do we make a big like he needs a single? Like what? I'm not. I'm going to try to hit a single instead no, of a home run a, right now. But there's a perfect symmetry no, to but hitting that's them just, all. That's for you, OCD Thank types. You. Thank you. That's Thank a statistical you. weirdness. It is. It is, it is for Give a, me four home types. runs over the – you know, it's funny. You're going to go two home runs, two doubles. It's not going to make the – well, it's going to make a headline like, yeah, great. But hitting for the cycle, ooh, he hit for the cycle. Big deal. I mean, it's kind of freaky, weird, cool, but it's nothing compared to yeah, that. That's know. your best take of the day, Vandy. I, we, we, are, we are sitting here nodding. <laughs> we, we, we 100, and that's not, that's not to say you didn't have good takes to no, begin no, with, but we are 100% fine. on board with you. It's, it's, it's only fine. a good take because he agrees with you. I thought, I thought my tweet of Packers fans fanning themselves in 70-degree temperatures was the best thing oh, I've Lander, done all day. Oh, Lander, you put a parka on out here. I mean, it's just, yeah, this is – this you is bring co- your parka and this be wrapped is, up like, whoa. It's, it, it, it's the Houston, yeah, be Houstonian equivalent of this is when the women put on their boots at 68 degrees because, yeah. like, I can wear my boots now. Oh, yeah. That's to showcase 70. the legs, Vandy. I don't, I don't well, know. No, I love it. I love it. Are you kidding? I love living where we live. It's, uh, it's a great thing. I'll let you two talk it's about it. It's a great that. thing. Okay. <laughs> Hey, it's just it's just, you know, beautification <laughs> of America. That's all that is. All right. Players are making their way out here now. Like we said, we got two 70-yard fields end to end in front of us. Texans and Packers about to practice. Uh Texans activating on another field to make their way over here. Like the in the loop guys said, they'll have Bill O'Brien live after these sessions today and we'll hear what he has to say. I'm, you know, you know what questions coming up. I don't know about first, but it's coming up in the first two 
about the running back situation. Uh, yeah. And let's hope everybody stays healthy today as they're in full pads going at it with Green Bay, and they'll do it again tomorrow, and we'll do it again tomorrow, 8 to 10 a.m. We're also going to do it tonight, 6 to 7 p.m. We will have Texans All Access for you. Also, from the atrium at Lambeau Field, it's... What do we call the show? Clint Camera. Because it's alliteration. Yeah, we had, yeah, it's a lot of alliteration. Sean for and Seth, Payne and Pendergast, yep. Landry and Lopez, yep. Clint and Camera. Very cool. Alliteration. Aunt Landry and Lopez, yeah. So they're going to do their show this afternoon. We had dinner with them last night. They're raring to go. Clint has never been to Lambeau, right? That's, that's wild. You know, he's, that's pretty you, cool. you pointed out he's been in football his whole life, never been to Lambeau. So want to get his thoughts on that and what he sees at practice today. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you, Jonesy, for engineering on site. Our pinch hitter, George, get better. And thank you, Austin, for producing today. Have a great day, and go Texans. What are the players saying about today's training camp practice? I can't wait to hit people, and I can't wait to show our fans what we're working on. Bring it back, bring it back. Check out HoustonTexans.com for all the latest coverage from camp.